Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be back. Um, this is the first time I've been able to uh, come back to church since the Ecuador trip. So thank you so much for being a church that uh, helped us financially. We know that uh, you all praying for us, and uh, it was fruitful and a good time. And so um, as our team came back, and then most kids, they're scattering, going on vacation trips, but I'm thinking that, uh, and I've, I'll confirm this with the team because we want everyone there to do a sharing time, but we're looking at the second uh, Sunday of August, which is the 13th. We'd love to show pictures and just share what God was doing while we were waiting and while we were there and while we were coming back. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll put something on Realm, but thank you for, for supporting us in that. It was an amazing time. Um, Today is the Lord's Supper. We uh, look forward to celebrating, remembering what Christ has done, who He is. I want to talk about resting in Jesus this morning. Our text is from Hebrews chapter 4. So if you want to turn to to Hebrews chapter 4 and follow along, um, really want to look at this passage in a simple way, Um, really just as we prepare our hearts as we celebrate communion. So simple is good, but simple does not mean short, so I'm excited for that. Hebrews chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said, so I declare on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all of his works. And again in the passage above, he says, They shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This is what, when a long time later, he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had been given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one, no one will perish following their example of disobedience. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you that... Uh, even in the, wor- the, the words that uh, follow, talk about your word is 
alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing souls and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the hearts. Lord, we pray that this morning, that you would use your word and you would help us as we prepare our hearts to remember who you are and what you've done for us, that you have given us ultimate rest. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're anything like me, and I know I am, you love a good story. Um, stories are great, I, and, and, and a great movie, right? Have you ever been to a, a movie where the ending was bad? Like you watch this movie, and there's, there's no resolution at the end. And you just kind of leave like, huh. And, and you're sad. Like, I, I don't like movies like that. I, I could stay home and just work on bills and get that. But to, but to go to a movie, I, and this is going to sound shallow, and it is, but I want to feel better. Um, I, I just want to feel, I, I like um, the Hallmark movies. I know they're cheesy, and the plot line, you can always know what's going to happen. But at the end, there's resolution. Like, there's been some resolution at the end, and I, I, I like that. Um, the, the same thing happens with music. Um, there's, there's chords in music that are resolved. And there's chords in music that are unresolved. I brought a sample. This is resolved. I feel good. Here's unresolved. I mean, it's uncomfortable, right? I mean, I mean, you get the resolved, and then you get to, let me play this again. It's building, it's building. He's coming through the door, she's coming the other way, and nothing. That's Hebrews chapter 4. Talking about the story of the children of Israel, and they left, many of them died that generation after being freed from slavery, and they wandered 40 years in the, in the wilderness, and they, many of them died unresolved. And that's where we find ourselves in that, that story, unresolved. The writer goes into the chapter, it's almost like he gives a warning in those first couple of verses. He's saying, there's a group of people that were before you that heard this same message. Uh, they, 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 they heard the message and they, they ended their, their life, their time wandering unresolved because they didn't obey. It's like if there's a warning before you listen, before you proceed, be cautious. You have a chance to deny this truth, or you have a chance to take this truth and believe it and receive it. Define resolution that you could be fulfilled in what God has for your life. 
And so we look at this life and, okay, we see and we understand what happened to the children of Israel and there was this unresolution that happened in their lives. Freed from slavery, the Red Sea parts. Talk about a great story. That's an incredible day. Manna coming from heaven as they're in the wilderness. That's an amazing thing. And what happened? They stayed there unresolved. What was the reason for this not finding rest? He gives us three simple things in the text. Basically, he says they didn't find rest in what God had for them. Verse 6, they didn't enter rest because of their disobedience. They disobeyed. They had the right belief. They had God providing for them. They believed the right stuff, but they did not mix their belief with faith. They had the right information, the right theology, the right knowledge, but they did not put those things together in faith. I heard about this little boy. His name is Billy. He's an um, elementary school boy, just full of energy, and all, the whole rest of the class is sitting down, and he's just, <laughs> he's great, he's great. And the teacher's like, Billy, sit down. I, I can't, I can't, I just have too much energy. No, Billy, sit down. I, I just can't, I, I, it's too hard for me to sit down. Billy, if you don't sit down, you're not going to go out on recess and you're going to take your nap early. So finally, Billy sits down at his desk, folds his arms, and he's like, I may be sitting on the outside, but inside I'm still standing up. Isn't that the children of Israel? I mean, that's the children of Israel. Is they are, they're sitting, yes, we rest in God and His truth, and we know who He is, but they're standing up in disobedience because they want to do it their way. They weren't matching living by faith with what they believed about who God is and what He has for them. We do the same thing. I trust in God. I put my life in His hands. He's almighty and He's wonderful and He's my Savior and He's my Lord. He's even my provider. And we go out and we get the mail and we see all these bills what are we going to do with this? And we worry about, and we, we're fearful. Yeah, we trust in God until, oh, I, what am I going to do about this? And, and, and we stand, we rest in His goodness until we get in these situations where we need to trust in Him, and how am I going to fix it? We say things like, you know, I, I, I trust my children to the Lord. God, they're all yours. I commit them to you. We dedicated them to you. You have a, a plan and a purpose for their life, and we're trusting you in that. Wait, what are they doing? Wait, what's going on? And when we stand up, we're like, we trust the Lord, but how can I fix this? I need to go over and I need to rescue them. I need to, to, to put them in. The, not that we don't enter in, but do we trust and fully trust without disobedience of not trusting the one true God? You, you, you see what happens? You see the disconnect of 
resting in God for some elements of our life until we have to feel like we need to get up and fix. We need to be careful. Because we can sit down and, and trust in God here and then try to fix over here. And we, could, we can be doing that up and down three times even before lunch. But this can be part of our daily lives. And we, 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 we wake up one day and it's been 40 years. We've tried to trust God, but we haven't lived in faith in what He is doing. They, they didn't enter full rest because they were disobedient. It also says in, in verse 7, they had hardened their hearts. They hardened their hearts. When I was growing up, a, a good family friend of ours, when, when, when he would come over for, for our house or I'd see him at church, and he was, he was a contractor, worked outside, cement, tools, and you would shake his hand, firm handshake, and it was almost like you're shaking a brick. Like it was, just, it, it was a manly hand. And it's like, man, you're over at our house. We need some sanding done. Put your hand on there. And you, I mean, it just, it was, and, and me growing up, I was like, I want a hand like that. I want to be a working man and I want, I want real hands. Because what had happened is, is over time, he had just built up so many calluses on his hands that they were just rough. It's a good thing. I like that. But the, the problem is, if you've ever held a, a, a newborn baby in your arms and you touch their soft feet and, and cheeks, see, my friend will never be able to feel that again. He, he, he will never, be, because of the calluses on his hand, even if he touches the baby's hand, he will never be able to feel it because he's, he's been so calloused on his hands. Hebrews says, when you hear the voice of the Lord, don't harden your heart. Your heart can become hardened. Your heart can become calloused and so rough that it, to, to, to sense and to, to hear that soft, tender touch of the Holy Spirit. We become hardened to the Spirit's nudging. Become callous to the things of God. He says that that day when you hear my voice, when you sense the nudging, the, the voice, don't harden your heart. In that moment when you sense the Lord speaking to you, nudging you, when you in that moment, don't resist. Don't resist. Don't, don't go harding. Don't go in the, the other direction. For me growing up, mornings have always been tough for me. Just, I'm just not a morning person. And so when I was in middle school, high school, I, I think this might have been my mom's toughest job is to wake me up for school. And, and it, it was just, and I, usually there's the routine of, he, she would call my name three times. And she was, Roger, get up. And I'm like, Already? I just went to sleep. Like how, how could it be morning already? Like, this is crazy. And so what I would do, this can't be. And I would, I would roll over and, and go into a, a deeper sleep. And then 
the, the second call was a bit, little bit louder. Roger, you need to get up. You're going to be late for school. And by then, I've kind of dozed off. Like, what time is it? Like, what's going on? Like, I was just, you're kind of just trying to figure out, and everything's blurry, and you're trying to figure things out. And then, of course, the third time, it wasn't, it wasn't as patient or as passive, if you know what I mean. And if, I, if that happened, it was just it was a bad start to the day. Um, but when I see this, when I see this, this, this passage and hardening of the hearts and then resisting God and going the other way, uh, how, how many times when you hear the voice, the nudging of the, the Holy Spirit to do or to, to just be with Him, and we roll over the other way into the comfort of what we know, the comfort of where we already are, because it's hard sometimes to be obedient to the nudging of the Holy Spirit. But when we do that, we need to be careful. Because when we resist, we start to get hardened in our hearts. And if he's the good shepherd and he calls us by name and he nudges us, we, we want to listen to the good shepherd as he, as he leads us, as he calls us toward him, as he leads us in the, the paths of righteousness. But once we start ignoring this, we start to get hardened what he has for our lives. They missed it because they were disobedient. They, they missed it because their, their, their hearts had been calloused, had been hardened to the call of God. He was calling them with this tender, soft touch. Is God calling you Today? Is the Holy Spirit nudging you this morning, this past week? You know it's Him. You try to ignore it. You blame it on tacos. Is He nudging you? Is He calling you? Are you paying attention to that? And maybe more importantly, are you resisting that? Maybe he's, maybe he's calling you to forgiveness. Maybe he's calling you, he keeps bringing to mind you need to forgive something or someone to release them and that you can move on yourself. Maybe he's calling you to, to be more time in prayer or in his word that you might be in his presence and find that rest in him. Is he nudging you? Don't harden your heart. I don't have time today. Maybe tomorrow. Will we do that? We can wake up. 40 years has gone by. And we've become callous to what the Lord has for our lives. And then finally, they did not rest from their labor. He talks about rest. He says, this is what rest looks like. How do, how do we know what rest looks like? Well, rest like God rested. Well, how did God rest? Well, he worked for six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. He, he, he worked, and he, he rested because in six days, his work had already been completed. It, it, it's, it's been completed, and so on the seventh day, his work had been completed, and he rested in his completion. 
Someone, someone said this, he rested from his work, not for his work. He was able to rest because what was needed to be completed was completed. And he says to us, you rest when you cease from your labor. You you, you stop working. You stop trying to fix. You stop trying to do. You stop trying to control. You give all that up and you rest in the work that has already been completed in Christ Jesus. You rest in Him and what He's completed. Realize that you can't fix everything. Realize that you can't work hard enough to fix and control everything. It's not just your situation. It's also the Lord's situation. You have to rest and you have to give it to Him to trust in the work of what he's completed in Christ Jesus for your life, even from the foundation of time for your life. In college, I, um, my, my major was sociology, um, and my minor was psychology. And so in, in both of those classes, you, study, you, you, you read through and study a lot of studies and labs that have been done. Um, and I remember one particular study that was done several years ago uh, that came up in both a psychology and a sociology class is what they did um, like in a, 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 a mental hospital back in the day, um, and, and they studied this in, in a mental hospital when they were to um, release someone from that particular ward, um, they would put them through one final test. And this final test consisted of they would take the patient and put him in a small room like a a, a broom closet, um, and there would be a sink there, and they would put a stopper in the sink and turn on the water, and then when it started filling up, they would bring him in and give him a mop and say, okay, well, and they, they would leave for about 15 minutes. And, uh, you know, mopping up the floor because it's starting to overflow onto the floor. And uh, if they would return after 15 minutes and the patient was still mopping the floor, they realized that he is not ready to be released because he had not found the root of the problem to pull out the stopper from, from the sink. He could be mopping from now until the, the end of time and still have more mopping to do. And, and so they would, they would say he, he doesn't have the sense to see what the real issue of the problem is, to remove the stopper. Kind of an amazing study. But I think even in, in, in context here, I, I think of my own life. The first mop I got, I'd grown up in, the Christian, in a Christian home, but I didn't give my life to Jesus until I was in high school. And when I was a new believer, I'd grab a mop, and, and I'm working on my lust. You know, you got to get rid of that lust. And I work, okay, yeah, I'm working on it. Oh, and another mop, and, and you need you know, stop lying. And so I'm stop lying. I'm working really hard to get rid of my lust, and I'm doing these things. And, and then I had some mentors, and they're like, 
Um, yeah, you, you need to read the Bible. Oh, yeah, and I do need to read. So I'm having the three mops, and I'm stop, trying to stop my lust, and I'm working over here and reading the Bible. And he says, oh, yeah. And then there's, there's a thing called devotional time, and you read your Bible, but you also spend time in prayer. And here's what prayer is. I'm like, yeah, I should pray. So I grab my mom, I'm praying, and I'm reading the Bible, and I'm working on lust, and I'm, I'm doing all these things, and I'm just working hard at all of these things. Oh, then you got to go to church every week. Oh, yeah, of course I do. <sighs> And it started really great, and then I'm starting to get a little tired. Oh, and then join a Bible study. I'm working, and I'm, I'm working so hard at all of these things, and I was wearing out, which kind of, I'll stop the disclaimer. All these things are good things. We need, probably all of us need to be uh, more time in our spiritual disciplines, reading God's Word and a prayer and fellowship, all these things. But my mentality was I was just doing. I was just, the more I was busy doing things for God, he would probably be happier with me. I, I almost had this, this karma mentality. Like I'm doing all these things, and then things are going to go better for me. Which is wrong. My mentality was just to keep busy. And I, I didn't have the, the, the right thinking of, you know what, lust is too big. I can't beat that on my own. Pornography is too big. You can't beat it on your own. You can't just try harder. Addictions are too big for, for you. You can't beat it on your own. But I realized the, the, the root was the stopper. Almost like what, what, what Jesus was saying to the Pharisees in John 5. They knew the Scriptures backward and forward. They had memorized Scriptures. They knew the Scriptures. Jesus even said, you study the Scriptures even diligently, but you missed Jesus. I was just reading my Bible just to, yep, I did it, I did it. Rather than reading my Bible, spending time in prayer to... See the one, the essence of why I was spending time in that. The more you know about God and Jesus, the more you can trust him. But I was just doing, and it wasn't healthy. It was a tough thing for me to learn. We do what we can do. We don't just put our heads in the sand, but we trust and we rest in him for him to do what only he can do. He says, when you rest in God, when you fully trust in God, when you cease from just doing acts of, of labor, stop trying to fix and control, and you rest in Jesus, and you trust in Him. And as you keep reading this, this text, it, it almost gets confusing. Verse 11, um, he's just talking about not doing and, and, and resting, and it's like, what am I, I going to do now? You know, some, some people are, are doers. It's like, I want to do stuff. Like, okay, I'll, I understand stopping, and I understand Sabbath and, and resting, but I want to do something. Like, I have this Martha mentality. I want to do something. And then he almost gives us, it's almost like a, a false hope. <laughs> he says, therefore, make every effort. You're, you're resting, or let's be reminded of resting in, in the completion work of, of Jesus. Now make every effort. And you're like, okay, I'm ready to grab a mop, 
and, and start working, or I'm ready to just make my to-do list. But he says, make every, inter, make every effort to enter my rest. It doesn't say, make every effort to do something. He says, make every effort to be in his presence, resting in him. I found this great quote, maybe you've heard it. It's not how much scripture you go through, but how much scripture goes through you. Similarly, we could say it's not how much church you go to, but it's how much church is in you. It's easy for us when we're here on Sunday morning to be more like Jesus, right? We're singing together, we're praying together, we're encouraging one another, but is Christ in you glorified when you leave this place? And we're the church in our community, at your job, at your community, at your neighborhood. Do we, we, we make every effort to enter his rest, making every effort to allow God to make you who he wants you to be, opposed to just doing things that we think God needs us to do. So therefore, I rest in his grace. I rest in his grace. And when I get alone and I, I rest with, with Jesus, I rest in his, his word and he's teaching me and he's, he's changing me from the inside out, I, I realize it's not just me doing acts of mercy. No, he's changing me and I'm becoming a, a, a person that is more merciful. There's a difference. Because I can do acts of mercy until I get tired or someone gets on my nerves. But if I'm spending time resting in Jesus, he's changing me and I'm becoming more of a merciful person, then I'm, mercy is just flowing out of who I am because of he's glorified in me. Not just about doing generous things, but he's transforming me when I rest in him and I start to become a generous person. He wants to change us. He wants us to rest in Him. In what He's already completed at the cross. He's trustworthy for all things. So as we pray together, I, I, I pray that we may find rest in Him as we remember what He has done for us on the cross. That we, he is trustworthy for our, 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 our trust and our affection and our worship. And we can rest in him. Let's pray together. God, I pray that you would, you would get glory in our lives. And I, I pray if there's any any acts of, of disobedience in our lives, Lord, would you point that out to us? Places where we have faith, but we want to, to, to stand and take care of it. I pray that we could rest in you. 
that we would have the strength and courage to fully rest in who you are. If there's places in our, our hearts that have started to, to become hardened and, and, and calloused, I pray that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, would massage our hearts and work out the hard places in our, our hearts. So that when we hear your nudging, when we sense you, you pushing us, that we would receive what you have for us. God, that we wouldn't roll over and go into a, a, a deeper sleep, a, a, a place of where we want to be comfortable. And Lord, I pray that we would learn to cease from our labor of trying to fix and control and not trusting in you. God, you are so good. Jesus, we thank you for what you did for us on the cross that we can be completed and rest in your completion. And that we celebrate today in Jesus' name. Amen.